Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's Word. Enjoy the message. Go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Hebrews 1, 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You can be seated. Lord, thank you for your word today. Let it penetrate our hearts and do all that you would will. We trust you, Jesus. Amen. Hang on one sec, actually. This is important. I need this just just really quick. No, I can't call right now. These can be distracting, right? It's so easy to get sucked into a screen. I know for me, it can be like a black hole. I'm just like, you know, if I let it, you know, not every day. But I remember this time that uh, our daughter Micah was less than a year old. She was crying at night, um, every night. And she was particularly crying a lot that night. And we were like, let's just, we were playing music on the phone. We are like, let's just show her this phone real quick, see what happens. And uh, it had this like bright red and gold album art on the song we were listening to. And we put it in her, fa- in her face just for a second. And she went from to. <laughs> it was freaky. We were like so creeped out by that, by just how unnatural that scene. We were just like, we're not going to do that again. So, um, so uh, parenting her has been hard when she was crying at that age. <laughs> um, but these can be so captivating. They can draw us in. And. Um, I think it's especially silly when I see it like on a vacation and you see someone on a vacation, like you go to the great outdoors, maybe you're somewhere like this and you hike all day, you're going there, you're getting ready for the sunset, maybe there's some other people there and you see that the sun's finally setting and someone is like this. Can't break that streak. It's like, it's so silly. If I was with my family, I'd be like, look up, are you serious? This is why we came. How crazy is that? To get drawn into the screen. Isn't it just like that? When we could get drawn into and captivated by the things that are earthly around us, by the concerns of this world. When we have a Savior who is beautiful and glorious, who loves us, who cares for us, and we can look to him. We don't want to miss it. Lay aside every weight or hindrance, every earthly thing that draws us in and begs us to turn our eyes away from Jesus. And that's what I want to preach to you about today. Look to Jesus. You probably have some hindrances and weights in your life. I would guess in a crowd this size, uh, probably about uh, everybody has something that is hindering us. So today, now that we have our theme, we're thinking about Hebrews chapter 12. I want to take you through... Some other scriptures, we'll consider this the landscape of the Bible, and we're going to hit different milestones that address three different hindrances that we all experience in this world. And those are worry, human strength, and yourself. Big surprise. 
And so after I do this, I want to give uh, just a sample, an idea of something that we can, each pr- we can all pray at each milestone. Maybe it's daily. Something that can help us to turn our hearts, the eyes of our heart toward Jesus. And we've already been doing that this morning. So thankful for our time in the Lord's presence. You might have anything that is drawing your attention away from Jesus today. Could be your phone. Maybe you have a trusted friend that you finally need to ask to to lock down your phone so that you can't get on the internet for a while. You get a break. But the first one today, like I said, is worry. Turn your eyes from worry. Turn your eyes from worry. This is one of the easiest things, I think, for me at least, to get into without even realizing it. Like, none of us want to worry. None of us really see it coming, but we worry. And I'm not going to attempt to draw the line of like, this is when sin starts, when you're really not trusting the Lord. Because we don't, there's so many forms of anxiety and worry, but I know one thing for sure, we don't want it, and we definitely want to look to Jesus. We certainly don't want to be in here when Jesus is right in front of us. So the first weight is worry. And turn from worry, and in that, turn from your needs to the provider. Look at this promise in God's word. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Every need. What do you need this morning? Rest? Hope? Joy? New or changed desire? Motivation? Direction? Wisdom? Peace? Clothing? Shelter? Courage? Forgiveness? Jesus will supply it. And an admonishment in 1 Timothy charged them not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Our riches can fail us, whether we have them or not. They'll deceive our hearts. You could wake up tomorrow and your 401k could be flat. You could wake up tomorrow and your, both your cars will break down or your house will burn down, and your insurance company go bankrupt. We cannot rely on those things. We can use them, but we cannot trust in them. We cannot set our hopes on them. I love the promises from Jesus in Luke chapter 12. Many of you know it well. When he says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, I love how Jesus calls that small. I've always thought, like, add time to your life, that's a small thing. What? If we can't even do such a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat or to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. I love that Jesus points us to the Father. It's the Father's love that we're trusting. The Father's love that we can look to, that he knows us. He knows our needs. I'm so thankful for a Savior who loves us. Secondly, within our worry, 
turn your eyes from next year fears to the future he has declared for you. What do I mean by next year fears? Not really just next year, but anything in the short term, anything in this earthly life where we could worry about the future, whether it's what's going to happen with, with my kids, with the school system, what's going to happen uh, in the world with world governments, what's going to happen in my family or in my household next year or in my finances, what's going to happen. But God has declared a future for us, both for this life here and now and for the next. Look at this, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So anything going on in your life is not a surprise to God. But he has provided for you good things, good works that you should walk in. A responsibility that we can move through this life, taking what God gives us and doing what he's planned for us to do as we are led by his spirit. And then we all know in the next life, in the new heaven and new earth, when we're fully united with Christ, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And we can't be totally drawn in to what is passing away. It's important to look at, it's important to know what's going on in some situations because we have to steward the responsibilities God's given us in our lives. But we have to ask ourselves, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, am I being drawn in? Am I being captivated by something other than you? So the milestone number one is worry. And I want to give you this daily prayer and maybe you can pray this in the morning. That your heart and the eyes of your heart would be turned to Jesus. It says, Father, I believe you care deeply for me, so I trust you for my needs and for my future. Amen. Milestone number two, turn your eyes from human strength. Turn your eyes from human strength. I don't think I have to convince anybody in here that we are weak and that all of our ideas and our problem solving and our inventions and things that we do to solve things in this world are uncertain and they fall short. But God never fails. He's powerful. He has a genius level mind. I mean, beyond genius. Genius refers to humans. He's so far beyond what we can grasp. You know, Proverbs 3, verse 5, turning from our solutions to prayer, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. Sometimes I can get all worked up about an issue that's coming up that I think I need to solve. I got I to gotta go work, work, work and, and, and figure everything out and make sure it works out. But when I remember to go to God first, sometimes he's even like, I'm just going to take this from you. You don't have to worry about this. Why are you trying to solve this? This isn't, this isn't even solvable by you. And I remember hearing uh, preachers in my life say, When's the last time you had a problem when you went to God first before you tried to fix it? And I was just, oh, torn to the heart, cut to the heart. And so I'm still learning that. I'm still working on that. And what does the rest of it say? But acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. Jesus said in John 15, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
We can't solve anything apart from Jesus. We depend on him to breathe our next breath. Why would we not go to him first in prayer? We have to abide in our Savior. I love this image in Jeremiah 17 uh, where Israel was being rebuked for trusting in human strength. And it was saying, cursed is the man who trusts in man and turns away from the Lord. And then it goes into this beautiful picture. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. I love that image of a, a big, strong tree full of green leaves, full of fruit, roots connected to the stream. And that stream is our Savior. When we trust in God, we're connected to a source where we don't have to depend on the rain and worry about drought, the external things of the world, the earthly things. We can trust our Lord. Secondly, under human strength, turn from world leaders to the king of kings. Turn from world leaders to the king of kings. And before I get into any trouble, I, I'm not saying today that you can't love your country. I'm not saying you can't be passionate about a public cause in this earth. But no matter your political opinions and passions, we have to ask, am I trusting God? Or am I hoping in a president or a governor or a party? And I think recognizing God's sovereignty gives us freedom in this. Recognizing God's control over what goes on in this earth all around the whole world sets us free from being drawn into that. Look at this. Daniel 2.21. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. I wish I could show you all of the verses in this, in, when I was studying this that have come up about God's setting kings where they need to be and deposing kings. But this says it pretty clearly, doesn't it? God is the one who removes and sets up kings. And what did Jesus say before Pilate? When Pilate said to Jesus, do you not know that I have the power to crucify you? Jesus said, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. His confidence, his strength in the face of someone potentially crucifying him, knowing he would crucify him, stood there trusting the sovereignty of God because God is the one who had that plan. This example is really, really neat, actually, in Isaiah chapter 10. I love this because this is just, this opened my eyes to God's control over what goes on in the world. So it's woe to Assyria. And Assyria was the world superpower at the time that the northern kingdom of Israel was conquered. And so they came in and conquered northern Israel. And Assyria eventually got judged as well. But look at this. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger. Assyria is the rod of the Lord's anger. The staff in their hands is my fury, God's fury. Against the godless nation I send him, and against the people of my wrath I command him. But he does not so intend, and his heart does not so think. So Assyria just thinks they're conquering the world. They're just going after it. And God's saying, no, the king's heart is a stream of water in the Lord's hand. He directs it wherever he wills. 
God is faithful and he's sovereign. Not only is he in control, but he wants to show us mercy and compassion and kindness to all those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So when it comes to human strength, I want to share another daily prayer with you. It says, Lord, I'm sorry when I haven't come to you first. I believe that your strength, your ideas, and your ways are more powerful than my own or the nation's. Help me to trust you with everything. Milestone number three, turn from yourself. Turn from yourself. I'm preaching myself a lot on this one because I think in any season of my life, if, an, if I let enough time go by and I ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, why am I focusing too much on myself? He's going to be like right there and 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 right there. So you can stop. <laughs> we can get in the way. And I think two aspects of focusing on ourselves that we need to get into today is turn from ungratefulness to the gift giver. Turn from ungratefulness to the gift giver. Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I really believe that this being thankful is key to letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Can you remember a time when you were ungrateful and you had peace? I can't. If you want peace in your life, we got to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Have you ever wondered what God's will is for your life? God, what do I do next in life? We can start here. Next, turn from despair to the one who gives you strength. Now, this isn't to say that feeling, you know, human emotions and feeling sad or down or, or something like that in life is, is sinful. But it does come with a temptation to despair, to be drawn into self-pity and a victim mentality. But we can turn to the one who gives us strength. We can turn to the one who gives us strength. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. And then Paul in 2 Corinthians, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, calamities, persecutions. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And when we turn from despair to the one who gives us strength, we let Christ's strength and his glory shine through our weakness. So I want to give you a daily prayer for milestone number three. Jesus, it's all about you. Thank you for all that you've given me. I will not focus on what I lack today, but on what you've given me. Strength, forgiveness, and everything I need. Everything I need. If I could sum up the message today in one sentence, it would be this. Just trust in Jesus. Put your hope in him this morning. It is not God's desire that his people be consumed with what is earthly and unspiritual. Jesus purchased us with his blood not so that we could be weighed down and shackled and burdened by what is in this world. 
He said, fear not in John 16, for I have overcome the world. God's desire is for his people to look to him, to endure, longing to be with him in his presence, homesick for the place that he's gone to prepare for us. Because he is worthy. He is worthy of our desire, our whole hearts, our hope, and all of our trust. He's beautiful and powerful and reigning over all of his creation. And we can trust him. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the, foundation, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is God's plan for endurance. Look to Jesus. And where is he? He's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. So turn to your Savior today and know that this world is passing away and you can trust him. Could you imagine what would be different if all of God's people all the time were transfixed by Jesus, were captivated by him? What difference would it make in the atmosphere of your home? What difference would it make in your thought life, in your workplace? How little would we fear? How little would we despair? Would everyone please stand? We're gonna spend some time in worship, again, just turning our hearts to Jesus this morning. And as we begin to do that, I want to read part of a prayer that Jesus prayed to the Father in John 17. He said, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. And maybe as we worship today, Lord willing, you can be an answer to that prayer. So lean into worship in these moments. And pray that your heart would be captivated by our Savior, that you would get a glimpse of his glory. Be captivated over all the things of this earth in him. Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at CCC Midland.